Do you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where un, du, that is two in French, I think, men <laughs> who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. Je suis Morgan Frapp. Oh, Tish, that's French. <laughs> the one year of French I took in college 10 years ago? Jesus Christ. Fancy. Uh, is really, really coming back to help me. Wow. Wow. And and we have also a, a special guest. Wow. More special mm-hmm. people on this show. Uh, John, hello. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Someone who speaks a language better than us. Mm-hmm. Which is, as you can tell from our intro, very difficult. <laughs> very not French. Very not French. I don't French. know. Maybe. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some words in Japanese taken from French. Oh, there's a lot of fashion taken. Mm. I know that much. Yeah. There's a the, the, the famous uh, Lolita style fashion is obviously sure. very French inspired. The food is very sure. French inspired. And uh, I'm, uh, well, I was going to say I'm very French inspired, but I haven't kissed anybody in at least 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, so, that, so that's not French then? No, no, there's, there's nothing. There's, I, that is a, more of a void of existence I'm living Wouldn't in. Wouldn't that be more <laughs> Japanese given their birth rates? Actually, yes, and very contentious at that, but who knows? Yeah. Soon enough, America <laughs> might be able to make up for it. America will be able to make up for Japan's birth rate? Yeah, wow. if we're, we're going to start Wild. forcing everybody to have births now. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, Bay, Baywatch is all about politics, especially this episode. It, I mean, yeah, it kind of is sometimes, you know. Uh, this episode, maybe a little bit about politics. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. This all right. is season four, episode 11, The Child Inside. And it is written by Deborah Schwartz, Directed by Douglas Schwartz, aired November 22nd, 1993. Let's talk about some guest stars. So, the first thing to know about this episode is that there's a lot of people in this episode who actually have Down syndrome. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's pretty wild casting for 1993. It was very progressive. It, It was great to see because this is coming at the same time that Hallmark was doing a lot of original productions like The Boys Next Door and a, a lot of coverage across other media uh, mm-hmm. talking about differently abled individuals, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. So you're saying yeah. that it, it tied in well with what Hallmark was doing? What, what, what Hallmark was doing, what was happening in media. What what year was Forrest Gump? Oh. 99? Uh, some No. Wow, it couldn't be that late, is it? No, I don't think it was. I think maybe, uh, hang on, I'm Googling it. Okay. Because I feel like there was so an era of before. film and entertainment where um, they 94. really leaned into uh, showcasing no, differently 94. abled individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, sometimes it was as like marketing off of them, which isn't. Which is horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this felt uh, like. Oh, wow. The Forrest Gump came out when I was seven days old. Oh, my God. God, you're so young. Uh, 
Oh, you're, you're hurting me. Uh, uh, well, hang over here. <laughs> I was going to say that it's weird because this episode is pretty not untasteful. I don't want to say it's tasteful, but it's like unnot tasteful. You know what I mean? It's a very 90s handling of a lot of these issues. It's very condescending. Yes. I would argue. But yeah. I mean, for, I don't know. For I, when I read Baywatch Special Olympics, I was like, yes. oh, no. <laughs> oh, we were all prepped for the worst. Yeah. My expectations were on the ground. Yes. <laughs> In the ground, below it, mm-hmm. digging closer to the center of the earth. Um, yeah. But luckily, we get things like An- Andrea F. Friedman, who plays Sammy, uh, mm-hmm. who has Down syndrome. You may know her best as Carol in 2019's Carol of the Bells. Hell yeah. A movie where mm. a man looks for his biological mother, only to discover she is developmentally disabled. So she played a lot of roles where people were disabled. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know if this was her first thing, but, you know, it's pretty early in her career, right? Yeah. This is opposed to Katero Colbert, who plays yeah. Darnell, who doesn't have Down syndrome. Um, I listened to some interviews with him. He's just a dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not in this uh, episode. In this episode, he's very much not a dude. Right. John, you, yeah. you recognized him from something. I was trying to place him. I, I still have yet to really place what he was from. Uh, mm. But he, the voice was so familiar. Mm. There were, well, he does, he does do voice acting. Okay. Um, yeah, so in the English dub of Naruto, he yes! voices all the black characters. He voices Killer <laughs> B, Rui, all, basically everyone but one character who's too gruff for him to voice. That's who he voices. He is a bit uh, of a, he's, he's a bit soft. He's he's a, he's yeah. a softer softer guy. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know the character Killer B in Naruto, he's cool. He raps. He wields eight swords at once. He houses a half bull, half octopus demon inside him. You know, normal stuff. Pretty tight. Yeah. Um, uh, but the thing about Naruto is there's only one nation that has black people. So he's just they're just like, hey, why do all those people sound the same? Oh, because it's just Katero Colbert voicing them. Mm-hmm. It's like Attack um, of the Clones. Uh, in in their lore, it's sort of like when they go to uh, uh, Camino, and it's all just the same person. The right, clones. right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah it's basically that, like. but with ninjas. So better, better, sure, B- better than Star Wars prequels, sure. Um, you may also know him from Zombie Strippers, where I mean, I don't need to tell you much; it's all in the name. Uh, uh, yeah, there's strippers who are zombies. I am. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know him from that, but I would like to know him. Yes, from I am that. searching right now. Zombie yeah. strippers. It stars Jenna Jameson. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, 2008, huh. a horror comedy. Two yes. stars. Oh, yes. also Robert England is in it. Yes, I. Wow. I left that part out. Yeah. Oh no, we're leaving that part in. He looks like oh, he is a catch in this. Wait, I saw, wait, hang on. Did you see this? I might <laughs> have, actually. <laughs> what? I think I, yeah, I have seen this campy film. Oh, my okay. God. Do you I like recommend that the it? new 
the new bit for you, John, is that we mention things that we assume no one has seen, and you have, in fact, seen them. Uh, I am Don't so worry. sorry that I've seen this film, actually. That is, <laughs> through, through all of my guest star notes, that is the bit. Like, I keep on asking, <laughs> spoilers, I keep on asking you if you've seen this before. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep, I definitely saw this. I, it was right after I got out of university that this film came out, and I remember watching this film, and it is... Shit. <laughs> it is absolute shit. Uh, so <laughs> I would like, like to... <laughs> good shit or bad shit? It's it's uh, rompy. You know, it's, it's rompy crap. Okay, okay. You know, it's, I don't it's, hate that. Yeah, it, it's it's not like bad. It's not like you can't like not get through it. Um, oh my god, I need to. I'm gonna rewatch this now. It's on Prime Video. Done. <laughs> yes. I would like to read the first two sentences of the plot yes, in the Wikipedia yes. description. Yes. The film opens with a news montage showing a dystopic near future in which George W. Bush has been elected to a fourth term. <laughs> the United States Congress has been disbanded. Public nudity is banned. The United States is embroiled in wars with France, Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan, Syria, Venezuela, Canada, and Alaska. Okay. Okay, well, there's a lot of lore for zombies. Yeah, years. yeah. Um, okay, so I guess I need to see that movie now. Yeah, apparently. Uh, wow. Well, other things you may remember him from is the 10-episode series Roadies from 2016, which is Ooh. about the road crew for a band. And the cast is wild. That it's- was Cameron Crowe, right? I believe. No. Shit, who who made that show? Oh, maybe he did. Uh, uh. You're thinking of The Counting Crows. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, but the cast is Carla Gugino, Luke Wilson, Imogen Poots, Keisha Castle-Hughes, Machine Gun Kelly, Ron White, Vanessa Mitchell, Louise Guzman, David Spade, the band The Head and the Heart, Lindsey Buckingham, Halsey, the band Lucius, wow. Rain Wilson, Rosanna Arquette, John Mellencamp, Mark Marin, Robin Hitchcock, Eddie Vedder, and even, yes, even Diva Zappa. Wow. 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 Uh, for the record, yes, it is a Cameron Crowe okay. show. Okay. Okay. So uh, I've never watched it. I Same. Maybe it's good. I don't. It only lasted 10 episodes, so how good can it be? Am I right? Not like Baywatch, yeah. right? right? <laughs> Baywatch is so good, it lasted 11 seasons, so therefore it must be 11 and times spin-offs. better. And spinoffs. Yeah, sorry, yeah, more than 11 times better. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we have Marcus Johnson, who plays Carl Shepard, Darnell's dad. He's been in some strange things. Um, Baywatch probably first discovered him in White Men Can't Jump, a movie oh. that, if you remember, Baywatch did an episode in tribute parody or something of because mm-hmm. they made a basketball episode that they wrote six months after that movie came out. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, so this was after his NBA career. He played for the NBA between 77 and 1990, which is quite a oh. while. Right. Yeah. Uh, I assume in sports. I don't really know. Um, I think so. Maybe. He would then go on to be in things like 1994's Speechless. John, do you know the movie Speechless? Speechless. Hang on, hang on. Hold, please. Hold, please. Hold, please. If you Google it, it doesn't mean that you know it. (laughs) Hang on. Hold, please. Yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Hang on, hang on, hang on. And uh, who else was in it? Gina Davis. Yeah. 
have I seen this one? Because I saw most of Michael Keaton's work. So fun fact, Michael Keaton uh, is a Yinzer like myself. He's from Pittsburgh. Sure. And so I used to study this guy all the time. But I hate to break it to you. This is one I haven't seen. Oh. Oh, wow. Let me tell you about it. Michael Keaton and Gina Davis fall in love. But then they realize they're political speech writers working for opposite sides. Oh, no. How will these vastly different opinions about politics and human existence coexist? Um, Trivia time. Uh, Guess which one is the Republican and which is the Democrat? I mean, I got to assume Michael Keaton's the Republican, right? Correct. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. White man versus woman. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Also, fun fact. This is the second to last movie featuring Christopher Reeve. Wow, that's uh, depressing. Yeah. <laughs> also worse is his character name is Baghdad Bob. Wait, what? Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's his nickname. <laughs> B- oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, great way to end your career um, on Baghdad Bob. Anyways, Marcus Johnson would then be in a movie called Forget Paris. John, do you know the movie Forget Paris? Uh, I think I might have forgotten Paris. <laughs> hey, uh, it's Billy Crystal. It's- oh, no, I've seen this one. This oh, was God. a classic in the VHS stores. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, no, I'm not kidding you, I guess. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, do you remember the plot? Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I feel like it takes place in New York at start. Uh, I feel like all Billy Crystal yes. movies take place in New York at the start. It's uh, a safe like, guess, at least. Well, why like, does he go? I'm trying to think. Mm, this is key, very key. Why does he go to Paris? Why would Marcus Johnson be in this movie? Why would Marcus Johnson be in this film? Is it a basketball movie? Hey. Yes. Huh. Oh, my Billy God. Billy Crystal Wait. is an NBA referee. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes. Huh. And he falls in love with an American uh, with a with a with a stewardess in Paris. Mm. And those are the stakes, which seem pretty low to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All things considered. Um, now, most importantly, Marcus Johnson was in a 2008 movie called Beach Kings. Hey, John, have you seen Beach Kings? No, I haven't seen Beach okay, Kings. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> where if it's a man- 90s film, you got me. If it's something in the modern eras, no. It's a guy gives up on his chances for pro basketball and decides, I should play volleyball, but all because he met a hot chick on the beach. And that man is David Charvet, a.k.a. Matt on Baywatch. Wow. Really Um, trying to catch in on that tiny bit of residual Baywatch fame, huh? Yeah, basically. Uh, Next up, Dick Anderson plays Dick. This is all he's ever been. Just Dick. Only Dick. Only Dick all the time. Uh, His life is just Dick. Do you know who Dick is in this episode? Well, he plays Dick. (laughs) <laughs> I, that, I had that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> it's the old man. Oh, that weird subplot that goes nowhere and means nothing. Yeah. Nothing I, like an old oh. dick under the sea. <laughs> this is opposed to Nan Martin, who plays Dick's wife. 
Uh, her role is named Dick's wife because she doesn't wow. have a name. She has 138 acting credits with wow. the first one all the way back in 1952. Uh, unfortunately, Damn. nothing super important. Um, you know, like she, but she's done a, quite a few things. Like she played Gertrude in Hamlet. You know, she's done her fair share of things. Uh, she was in For Love of Ivy with Sidney Poitier, where a white family has had the same black maid for many years. When she tells them she wants to go back to school and will be leaving soon, the 20-ish year old son decides what she needs is a change and begins searching for a man to wine and dine her, but who won't <laughs> marry her thinking that this will distract her from her plans. Then they find out that Sidney Poitier won't cooperate. Oh. And this is why we find her in Baywatch in this episode, Fishing for Dick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or maybe. Or maybe it's for this one. It's for this next movie, uh, which is very relevant in our current 2022 climate. It's called Goodbye Columbus. Uh, This premise is terrifying. Uh, As of like a month or like two weeks ago, this is a terrifying premise. An intelligent graduate and working class army veteran has an affair and clashes with a novu riche young woman who does not care about birth control or the use of any other precautions to avoid pregnancy. Hmm. That's the plot. Pop out them babies. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Please note the person who wrote. Uh, the description for this movie wrote the description for the last movie I read. I I, uh, <laughs> I, I read, but I, I changed this because uh, he felt it very important to the plot that we know that this woman is a Jewish American princess, um, ah. which is not really needed. Um, yes. So I don't know why this guy only reviews Nan Martin films, but everyone's got the thing. Um, also, she was in Doctor Detroit. John, do you know Dr. Detroit? Hell yeah, I know Dr. Detroit. You know why? Why? Because, so the director of Dr. Detroit, Michael Pressman, was one of my mentors in university. Oh, that's cool. Oh, no kidding. So Dr. Detroit was uh, Dan Aykroyd. I'm trying to think who else was in that. Um, I don't know anyone else in it. Or no, I mean, I mean, that, oh, that was like a key thing. So this was, that was one of Fran his Drescher big was- films. It leads up to a giant dance number uh, with an original song. Um, which another fun fact. So Michael Pressman, who directed that film, went on to direct Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the U's, which also Ooh, has a shit. giant dance break number. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Do you know the um, significance of this movie to Dan Aykroyd's career? Uh, other than the fact that he had sweet break dancing moves? Other than that. <laughs> uh, is it when he formed Crystal Head Vodka or Crystal Skull Vodka? <laughs> no, but great reference. <laughs> uh, it's the first movie Dan Aykroyd did after Jim Belushi passed. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. So oh. the plot is Clifford Scridlow, great name, teaches at a small Chicago college run by his father, conned into managing four prostitutes by their pimp who skips town to escape the mob boss known as Mom. Clifford draws on his course in medieval literature in his quest to save the women from mom. And then one Ooh, of Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah, one of those women is Fran Drescher, which I like Fran Drescher, so that's cool. Um also, Nan Martin was in eleven ep was in the eleven episode show Mr. Sunshine. Do you know the TV show Mr. Sunshine? What is Mr. Sunshine? Never heard of Mr. Sunshine. Well, let Not me Mr. tell you. Robot? 
<laughs> Very different. Much worse. Uh, it's about the misadventures of Jeffrey Tambor as a blind university professor. No. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds sounds horrible. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, funny enough, two years after this episode, Nan Martin would be in an episode of the TV show, The Five Mrs. Buchanans. What? There's a TV show called The Five Mrs. Buchanans. Huh. Uh, it's about five women married to people with the last name Buchanan. And the then she plays one season. She plays <laughs> Aunt Buchanan. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I have one last character to talk about before I'm going to throw it over to John. Uh, and that is, there is a char- the first appearance of an uncredited character who will be credited three times, but appear 31 times. Oh, my God. And that is Ledge Musselman. His name is Musselman, but I, I, I'm going to say it's Musselman because oh. that's way funnier. Ledge Musselman as Ledge. And that's it. John, All right. Did he play I, the I, lead? <laughs> like, what did he Sorry, play? What? I'm like, where was he, he in the show? Oh, he's he's a he's a lifeguard named Ledge. I didn't see a lifeguard named Ledge. Well, they're not wearing name tags. Well, actually, oh. they are in this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> the the wrong episode I would, to say that in. I would also argue if you're going to introduce a lifeguard named Ledge, I should be able to visually look at him and say that lifeguard is named Ledge. So he has and he's like blondish, has like a bowl cut and uh, has a tattoo on his left shoulder. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, yeah, like that's very descriptive. And you got maybe. (laughs) Yeah, no idea. Now, John, I believe you have some stuff to tell us about someone else. Oh, oh, do I? This episode features America's Republican sweetheart, Mary Lou Retton. That's right. Coming fresh off of how many years since her? Well, so effectively, if you don't know who Mary Lou Retton was, in 1984 in the Olympics in LA, she won a gold medal in the individual all-around. And so she was an icon. She was the first American woman to win the all-around gold. So immediately she's skyrocketing to stardom. But also in that event, she won two silver medals, two bronze medals. She was coded in medals. All right. Wow. So everybody was so excited. Just like, holy crap. She was, she just shot up to stardom. Uh, My favorite appearance of her, uh, of course, is actually from uh, Naked Gun 33 and a third. She actually plays herself in that film. If you recall, Uh, it's a little appearance. Uh, So, She's obviously you like her more yeah. in that than in Baywatch. Hands down, hands <laughs> down, because her appearance in Naked Gun is like five seconds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this I have a full episode of listening to her give me speeches. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. So I, I mentioned how she's Republican. Obviously, she's been very polarizing uh, to America since her wins, unfortunately, especially to those who are in USA Gymnastics. Um, so a little bit about Mary uh, a <laughs> little bit about her past. Uh, mm. she was a major supporter for Reagan, major supporter for Bush, you name it. Mm. In 2017, mm-hmm. there was the very unfortunate, um, USA gymnastics sex scandal. Um, so basically mm-hmm. a lot of gymnasts came forward about the experiences that they had gone through. And it was absolutely horrible. Some of the stories that you were hearing. And so yeah. there was actually an act that was being pushed through uh, Congress called the protecting young victims from sexual abuse and safe sport authorization act, uh, which ended great. up going through, which was, was great. Yes. It's like, Hey, you should probably protect the kids who are participating in these sports. 
Now, yeah. this is where the contention arises with Mary in that, so since she was closely associated with the USA Gymnastics Association, she was kind of a spokesperson, she was a bit of a figurehead, some can assume that she was attempting to protect their image, and so she actually went in and was effectively advocating for getting rid of this bill that was going <laughs> through. Um, uh. Talk about the most polarizing thing you could possibly do. Being an icon, yeah. and then you're saying, no, 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 there's not a problem. Look away. There's good things. Yeah, probably let these not kids the get thing abused. you should do. Yeah, so she attempted to point towards the positives uh, versus condemning the bad behavior, which is kind of, uh, I mean, it's a choice. I'll just say it's a choice. Not the choice yeah. I would have yeah. made. She made a choice. <laughs> um, I think the, the most like heartbreaking aspect is, so her team coach, when she won in the 84 Olympics, uh, Don Peters, uh, was banned for life as part of this bill going through. Like, mm-hmm. he was in the mix of it. He was banned for life over the, all the allegations that he had received. So it could have been aspect of protection. I mean, you can go deep with, like, tinfoil hat theory as to why she did what she did. Uh, sure. But in modern times, she's not really celebrated. But at the time of this episode, oh, she was a starlet. People loved her. This is, like... This is like- Nine years after, right? Yeah, nine years after, she's still an icon. She hasn't really gone down this path of overly politicizing. Now, granted, she had done some commercials and stuff like that for Reagan, but she wasn't at this point in time. Think think about, like, nine years after Michael Phelps. Like, I don't think Phelps was a name, really, nine years after. Oh, he's still eating his, you know, 10,000-calorie meals filled with Big Macs. I mean, I'm sure he's still doing it. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Have you seen the meals that Phelps would eat? No. So on average, because he burns so many calories while training, sure. his meals were about 10,000 calories each. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, and if you look at his spread, I'll, I'll, I'll send a photo over and maybe you can link it in the, in the notes. Here we go. Michael, yeah. Michael Phelps meals. Uh, they were gross looking. Oh, yeah. There we go. Mm, I'm excited. Whoa. <laughs> that's a breakfast. Jesus. Oh my! Oh, <laughs> some of these things. <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. The twelve—it's twelve thousand calorie diet. Apologies. So here, I'll oh. actually just link it in the Discord wow. so y'all can see this mess. Uh, I'll put it oh, in the boy. general chat for you. There you go. That's one of the meals. Oh, damn! One meal, one person. Wow, oh, that puts like the rock to shame. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, this is full-on mukbang status that this guy would do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so for breakfast, he typically would have three fried egg sandwiches, cheese, veggies, an omelet made of three to six eggs, a bowl of maize, uh, French toast with powdered sugar, three chocolate chip pancakes, and two cups of coffee. For lunch, he'd have half a kilogram of pasta and tomato sauce, two ham cheese sandwiches, energy drinks, uh, and he would repeat the pasta for dinner and a large meat pizza plus more energy drinks. Damn. Ew. Disgusting. Gross. But he looked fine while swimming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, and, and Mary looks great in this episode. I have to say she was yeah. still coming coming off those Olympics things. She does a great job. She's very, I would say, for a non-acting role, <laughs> she did great. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think I realized quite how short she was until yeah. I saw her compared to everyone else in this episode and had to look it up. She is 4'9". Oh, yeah, she's wow. Short. Yeah. Tiny Mary, tiny Mary. Well, she she has okay. she has some some antics that we'll discuss as we get into the episode breakdown. Some but yeah, Mary mm-hmm. Wow, that's one way to say it. Antics. Oh, <laughs> oh she's up to no good. 
She knows it. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, do we have anything else to say about these guest stars, these actors? Oh, actually, you know what we should say? John, so you're back for your second episode now. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some differences in this episode in that this is a very David Hasselhoff and sort of his son centric episode. We don't get a lot of the other fluff, the other people. Yeah. Um, what does it feel like being back for a second Baywatch episode? Honestly, I was terrified just by the name of the, the, the episode. You know, yeah, I, that's held inside. I was thinking, oh, my God, especially coming off of what I'm reading with Supreme Court. I'm just like, OK, here we go. Let's see yeah. what Hoff oh, yeah. got up to now. Um, yeah. And so definitely it threw me for a loop. And I will say this episode was quaint and enjoyable. Yeah, it was very peaceful. It was I mean, <laughs> it's relatively peaceful compared to the hot mess <laughs> that was the last one that I was on. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I would say this one. It had it had a good heart to it, and I could see that the series was like, you know, we should probably tone down the slow mo like bouncing and the Hoff like <laughs> creepily eyeballing and trying to you know get in with people. He still does a bit of that in this, which makes me uncomfortable. But it was very toned down, and I yeah, liked. they don't want to fuck yeah. over the Special Olympics. No, yeah. if if they made that dirty, I would have just. I would have thrown out my television and said, you know what? That's it. I'm done. I'm leaving entertainment altogether. Fair. Fair. I don't think this show could have continued after that. Yeah, no. The Speaking ratings, of, though. The ratings. Yeah, I, that would have been good ratings to be like, yo, watch the worst episode of television ever. Hey, you know? if, if Fonzie can jump a shark, I'm sure we can do something here. <laughs> Speaking of the worst TV show ever. Hey, Morgan, want to talk about Baywatch? Yeah, let's get into it. We start off on a boat with an old couple, and the man is going to go dive for some fish for their dinner. But um, and, and the reason for it is just like the old days. Yes. The dude is wearing a kit from the old days. He looks like a character out of Bioshock, for God's sake, <laughs> yeah. going in there. He's yeah. got one of those giant metal diving helmets. Oh, my yeah. God. It's amazing. Yeah, and, and he also has a knife. I've seen sharper butter knives. That knife is round. It, yeah. It doesn't work. And he has all the muscle definition of like a Fallout 3 character. <laughs> He's, how was he expecting to do anything? Hey, it, I was, have no it, was, idea. it was his final dive, okay? Final <laughs> yeah, I just dive. Need one it more. very nearly was. Just one more, Dick's, baby. Dick's got one more in him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, he's down enjoying the sea for a little bit before, uh-oh, he gets trapped by a rock. Gotta beware of those falling rocks underwater, y'all. Beware. Oh, yeah. Look at this picture. This is the fakest rock I have ever seen. It's very styrofoamy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, like, it, like, they're they're not trying at all. They know yeah. this storyline yeah. is pointless. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's the thing. <laughs> This storyline literally doesn't matter at all. It seems like the episode was just like three minutes short, so they had to have this sequence. Yeah. Um, because what happens is, you know, he gets trapped underwater and his wife can't pull him up, so she radios for help, and Stephanie shows up with Barnett and eventually rescues him. 
and then we never see this couple again. It it's literally frame. He pops up out of the water, uh, out of the water, smiles, and then he immediately cut to the beach. Doesn't yep. matter. Nope. There is the moment of being rescued, though, uh, because she uses one of those uh, harpoon hooks to dislodge mm-hmm. him from there. It looks like she's jamming it into his leg the way that he's responding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. He's, yeah. he's screaming in terror. I mean, granted, he has a rock crushing his leg, but it looks like she jams <laughs> it into the leg and makes it worse. Yeah, pick one. Mm-hmm. Rock or, or, or being stabbed. You got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't um, really know how she was going to lift the rock. Right? Like, yeah. Isn't, it's just like, it's just a javelin. Well, she was using the same technique you do when you're lifting a car. Like one of those little, whatever, those car yeah. jacks. She was but trying to use a, the hook as a hard, a, a car jack on it. Yeah, but there's no like. Like with the, with the car jack, you can you can you can push it down and it pushes it up. Yeah, she's just like underwater trying to step on this thing that just has a, like a spike. Oh, on please, it. are you trying to get into the physics of Baywatch right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Baywatch physics purist. Hey, Baywatch <laughs> defies physics in almost every aspect of it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, that's fair. That's <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, eventually, you know, she gets the rock off him and he's free and that's great. And we're all happy. And then and then none of this matters. Yeah. Um, which is like Baywatch has done some some shit like that before, but they've never done it as the episode opener. And it's never taken this long. Yeah. Um, and been this around. I feel like they, they were like, look, we cannot ruin this show by having only an A plot. We need a mm-hmm. B plot. That's just how this show works. Yeah. They didn't know how to write anything else. Like, they were out of cocaine. They needed action. <laughs> they needed action in this episode. Because the last one yeah. that I was on, they um, it was action. It was romance. It was horror. It was thriller. It was everything all at once. It was like uh, the, the most beautiful of cinema. This one needed... <laughs> most beautiful of cinema. This one, this one needed a little action, or else that regular audience would be really upset. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to know what they did get instead of action is... We get that Baywatch is sponsoring the Special Olympics California Lifeguard Games, which is too they long. They sure of a are. Um, I had to do some research into this because I'm a dumb idiot, and I didn't know the difference between the Paralympics and the Special Olympics. Okay. So, ah. So, do you know the difference? Uh, I believe so. So, the Paralympics is the one that follows the Olympics. Mm-hmm. That's the one that is like, if they're in China, that one will be in China. That one's in Sochi, they'll be right. Special Olympics, sure. no. Um, so the Special Olympics do not run in parallel, and there's tons of events all over the world. They say that there is 100,000 events a year for the Special Olympics. Wow. Worldwide. Um, so you can have an event host at the beach with the backing of the Special Olympics, no problem. They also have a World Games, which is more like a big event kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. uh, the last one was in Abu Dhabi. The next one was supposed to be in Russia. But then Russia invaded Ukraine. They were like, nah. So, yeah. uh, Anyways, the committee uh, does encourage everyone to join in because it's free to join the Special Olympics. Their whole goal 
is to get people with intellectual disabilities the chance to get some exercise. Basically, that's what they say it is. So uh, it's it's a cool it's a cool thing. And it makes sense why because it at first when I thought it was the Paralympics, I was like, why the fuck would the Paralympics be at Baywatch? Why not? (laughs) that that the, the, you have to yes and everything when it comes to Baywatch. <laughs> I, that's you know what you're right. You're at. Why would I doubt you? You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. Um, however, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's the Special Olympics, so it can be anywhere. Which I guess answers that I think they all just came from school. I think. Yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. They had school. Um, I I did not realize I thought this was a much more high stakes, high profile thing. Um, but this makes a lot more sense. It, it it makes more sense because you're like, I never see anyone actually doing anything. So like mm-hmm. what are they competing for? Yeah. Like the Paralympics would be like, and the gold medal for sportsmanship goes to <laughs> <laughs> You know. Yeah. And like um, why is yeah. everyone American? That too. Also a good point. <laughs> um, but yeah, we see, you know, the lifeguards have made some posters for the games and are going to hang them up all over Venice Beach. But then Hobie's here. And what's that he's brought? Why, it's a mobile made out of vegetables. <laughs> oh, I have for no, no, no. That's a Satan worshiping vegetable creation. Okay? <laughs> um, he specifically says. It's unbelievable. Now, Morgan, please don't put this part in. Uh, I want you to insert in the audio clip that I will send you here from a different episode where Mitch shouts, it's unbelievable. Uh, I already have that audio clip saved on my computer from the last time I used it. So Mitch says, it's unbelievable. Then you insert that audio. Why am I telling you? You know how this works. (laughs) You're the editor. (laughs) Please leave that part in. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> that that's funny. Anyways, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. I thought it was a model of the solar system at first, but then I looked a little closer and it's just nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't get the point of it. I have no idea. It, it's it, it's it, used as I'm telling you, it's a Satan worshiping vegetable creation <laughs> because it summons our titular character. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh! So, are you saying Mary Lou Redden is a Satan spawn? Well, all I saw was creation from Blair Witch Project. A wild Mary Lou Redden appears. <laughs> so, are you willing to go on record with this? I, I'm on a podcast. Am I not? Okay. So, uh, so hey, Mary Lou Redden's PR team, get ready. I don't. Know. I don't. I wish I knew her PR team. That'd be cool. Yeah. But yeah, she uh, she does in fact show up, and uh, one oh, of no, the first actually, things actually, that happens actually is that Mitch offers her an artichoke from the mobile. <laughs> um, before this happens, Mitch mm-hmm. says he didn't know Hobie was this talented. However, last <laughs> season Hobie invented the fiber optic camera. Yes. <laughs> yes. So so this is just a vegetable mobile. So this is. This is just a selection of peppers, garlic, <laughs> onions, lemon, and artichoke hanging from a series of hangers. Versus this the fiber is optic camera. Nothing. I don't know. Yes. 
This show is wild. Yes, um, and. You see, John is teaching us so much. You're welcome. It's true. You're welcome. It's true. Someday I hope we'll be able to graduate to a no butt. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to be able to find no butts in uh, Baywatch, I'm telling you. hey <laughs> Um There's no butts in the sky because they're all in the seats of the theater playing Baywatch. Wow. Um, wow, we're watching this in theater? We sure are. That's That's been the secret to this podcast all along. Wow. Um, <laughs> Breaking the fourth <laughs> wall here. <laughs> um, but yes, Mary Lou Retton is here and everyone, but mostly Mitch, is very excited to see her. Um, and she's going to help run the Special Olympics Games. But first, they all have to go have pizza at Mitch's house. Well, and by okay, all of them... Okay. Why? Why does he always invite them over for dinner at his okay, place? Because be so they can do the joke, the long-running joke that Mitch mm-hmm. is a bad cook. Yes. Uh, this has been back since season two. At least, yeah. It may have even been in season one. Yeah, where everyone's like, ugh, I don't want to eat your cooking. You're horrible at this. Um, mm-hmm. And then he finds out that Hobie is also like a chef. Um, because yes. what, what can't Hobie do? Um, yeah. Grow up, apparently. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just to introduce, like, hey, we we totally tipped Mary Lou Redden and all the inside jokes of Baywatch. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also, this episode feels like just one giant hype up for her ego. Yes. Yes. Uh, it absolutely <laughs> it is. is. Brought to you by A&W Cream Soda. Yes, also that. <laughs> There's a A&W machine in shot the whole time this is happening. Yes. <laughs> it is It is 100% a vanity project. Like, Baywatch, a vanity project? What? I know, I shocking. Know. All right. Um, but yes, they, uh, Stephanie, Mitch, and Hobie and Mary Lou are all, uh, all at Mitch's place eating some pizza and talking about how good of a motivational spe- speaker Mary Lou Retton is. But, but what are they drinking, Morgan? They are drinking cream soda. A&W cream soda. Gotta get that sponsor sh- in there. Gotta show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've moved on from Domino's, and now we are sponsored by A&W. It's always got to be something. It's true. It's true. If A and W, it it might be there within half an hour if you are able to get to a grocery store in time. <laughs> if you could pick one item to uh, basically, uh, you know, finance your life, like you had to market this one thing, and they would finance Ooh. your entire life, and it can't be Raid Shadow Legends. What would it be? <laughs> I mean, it's very clear based on my social media. It's the Little Caesars Batman Calzone. I mean, yeah, okay. Honestly, that was too easy of a question for you. You've had that. <laughs> you've had that. I think at least fifteen times more than anyone else I know. Yes, uh, I am Batman like now. Twenty times. <laughs> wow, <laughs> something like that, right? It's it's one of the greatest creations. It looks nothing like a bat signal. It looks like a pizza maxi no. pad, but it is delicious. <laughs> okay, so you order it for the taste. I ordered it for just the shits and giggles of getting a Batman calzone. It's the it's the worst creation I am, <laughs> I've ever the seen. Best creation. 
It, it's the but that's the thing. That's what makes it wonderful. I, I appreciate things that are so like dumb that it makes me laugh when I eat it Same. or like enjoy it, like watch it or whatever it is. That's when I enjoy things. So you that's fair. You enjoyed it enough that when your mom came into town, you said I had to get her in on this. Yeah. I had to get her in on the Batman calzone. <laughs> what were her thoughts? It's it was a pizza. I mean, it tastes it, it's it's a pizza. It, it tastes like a five dollar pizza. But it's just the fact of now I have my mom uh, the first time coming to L.A. in over two years and she's posing with a Batman calzone. I just found it hilarious. I, it was that is amazing. Um, I, I got it once. I tried it. And then I got a gift card from them for a one cent pizza. And I thought that's too expensive. <laughs> I ain't doing that. There's a coin shortage in America. I can't do it. <laughs> Baby formula and coins. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with Garfield Eats personally. I think it just only makes sense. Oh, so you want to be Garfield sponsored? No, I want to be Garfield Eats sponsored. Very specifically. So, what is Garfield Eats? Is that the the store? Oh, are you not familiar with Garf with the saga of Garfield Eats? It's a I, restaurant, I like man. Big. Oh yeah, familiar with it. It was a horrible, weird restaurant that opened in uh, <laughs> Canada originally, I believe. Uh, yes, it was founded. Yes, it had locations in Toronto, Ontario, London, Ontario, and Dubai. Okay. Um, <laughs> The Toronto location closed uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic and a dispute over rent. Okay. Um, it has since been reduced to a frozen foods brand selling only, quote, big cow lasagnas. Um, <laughs> what? Yes. Also, one of the things they sold was a Garfacino. Um, and yes, John <laughs> has helpfully provided some pictures yes. of the Garfield pizza um, and Garfield Eats. I, I it just, is maybe I, one of my favorite things I'm on the internet. I'm still recovering from Garfacino. <laughs> it's what? very bad. Just so, uh, so, very so bad. So you want to be sponsored by this. Would you yes. only eat their stuff? Uh, it depends on how much they're paying me and if they are willing to cover my medical bills. Okay, okay. Oh my God, look at the founder. Hang on, take a look at this promo. Look at him. Excellent. Oh, Excellent. okay, so this pizza, terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it looks like something that, like, Oscar the Grouch found beneath him. Yes. Um, this founder... Looks like he should be an entourage. Yes. Uh, and I would like to read the tagline on the post, yes. please, which is that in 2020, Nathan has a big fat orange responsibility to the 200 million Garfield fans. Love me. Feed me. Don't leave me. Oh, but what's the bottom? So intergaging. Yeah. OK. Which which is a term that I believe he trademarked. Um to represent, because the only way to get this food was to order it through their proprietary mobile app, where you could also play Garfield-themed games. Ooh, um, like Flash. And this was intergagement. I, I recently discovered the other, this is totally unrelated, uh, mm -hmm. that uh, John Legend has his own NFT, but, but he doesn't call them NFTs, he calls them vibes. So you, he's like, oh, you need to get vibe checked. You need oh, to no. collect vibes. 
need to spend vibes and use vibes. Um, I feel like that would go along really well with this. Oh, my God. (laughs) God, that's a live pizza. I can't believe I just said live pizza. Um, Empty noodles. (laughs) Empty noodles. Oh, that's horrifying. Um, okay, I, I it, love- it is it is an absolute mess, similar to the dinner that they're all having. So they ordered pizza, the the, the crew mm-hmm. when they went over to Mitch's place. Yes, John, you you changed the subject too fast before I was able to talk about the lead covered Garfield mug. No, no, <laughs> you know about that, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. We won't waste people's time too much, but look up lead covered Garfield mug. <laughs> mug. Also look up. Uh, Quentin Reviews, who has done a bunch of stuff about Garfield, realizing that he has accidentally been drinking out of said mug for a year. Oh, God. (laughs) I hope he stays alive. Anyways. um, Oh, shit. I drank out of those mugs growing up. (laughs) That explains so much. Oh, my God. That's what I drank coffee out of. Those were the McDonald's mugs. Yep, exactly. Do yeah. you feel like you've been less lead poisoned recently? I I mean, I felt a little off for the past, I don't know, like 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's the lead. It's not depression. It's not anxiety. It's lead. Oh, Garfield. You don't need a therapist. Just go to a hospital. Just get the lead out of you. <laughs> oh, my golly. <laughs> that's how it works. Well, that starts to explain a lot now. Now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> well what it doesn't God. explain what it doesn't explain is that Mary Lou wants to advertise herself as the perfect saint basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tell me yeah, more. they spend just like a lot of time talking about how good of a motivational speaker is and also just telling really tragic stories about all the handicapped children um, which is kind of weird and kind of gross yeah um and then Mary asks Mitch if he can take care of Darnell, a kid who was abandoned by his dad. Um, and Mitch is like, absolutely. I know exactly what I'm doing and would be a good person to do this. There's a scene um, transition there that I think is mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant, though. So Mary, at, while they're at the dinner table, it's just Mitch and Mary. And she says she needs to ask him for a favor. He's like, sure, step into my office. And there's this slow walk over to the couch. Yes. He conducts, I enjoy that. He conducts all of his business on a couch? Well, <laughs> by business, I mean, we mean also that we have seen him fuck at least no less than maybe three or four women on that couch. Oh. Yes. He yes. does all sorts of business on that couch. Step into he my office. in ups. fact, <laughs> taking care of business on that couch. Oh, <laughs> oh no. It's also where his his dead dad used to sit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Jeez. Back when Mitch was being pressured to be an architect. Yeah. Um, Mitch Mitch apparently was a bright standout for for an architecture school or some shit. Yeah. But he became a... And I really wish that my brain would remember useful things instead of that there was one episode where Mitch was being pressured to be an architect. But that's my curse now. Morgan, so, I appreciate that's a fun curse. life for me. <laughs> Your curse is so good at parties. That's true. That's true. If parties involved more talking about Baywatch. Well, they are when I'm there. 
with you. <laughs> I'll make sure that's to bring a good it up. point. That's a good point. Um, but yes, after that, uh, all of the kids show up at the beach and they're being unloaded from a van and almost all of them are happy to be at the beach and leave the van, except for Sammy, who doesn't want to. And so Stephanie has to go in and coax her out. Um, but but then she does and it's fine. Um, <laughs> so then Mary and Mitch give all the children an inspirational speech about how great it's going to be it, to do all of these games. It's inspirational, but a bunch of them do not respond at all. Yes, it's very funny <laughs> to me. Yeah. Also, also very funny is Mary Lou introduces Mitch to Darnell and because uh, Darnell doesn't follow everybody when they leave because he says, I don't have a partner. Mm-hmm. And Mitch says, can I be your partner? And he says, yeah. And he ditches him in the next scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's not with Darnell. He's with some other fucko. I'm going to call yeah. I don't know why I call him a fucko. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just with some other person. um Um, but yeah after uh after all the kids partner off uh then we get to watch mary do some slow-mo flips for a while well no um oh mm -hmm. oh, i guess it it, this is no there's the whole montage right so the the, her slow-mo flips lead into the montage i thought no she had slow she does gymnastics on both ends of the montage that's dumb (laughs) <laughs> yes. <show> is <laughs> you got to show off the skills, man. You got one of the greatest athletes of a generation on your show. You got to show off. David Hasselhoff? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he straight up choked Mary in the previous scene. Like, oh, God, he did. Yeah. He, so uh, the, yeah. on the framing of the two of them next to each other, that's a directorial choice. It's just straight up like Hasselhoff. You can only see from like bust down. And then Mary's it's extremely funny. Oh my <laughs> like God. the way they frame the shot, you literally cannot see most of David Hasselhoff because she is so short. Correct. <laughs> you just see was it Hasselcrotch and uh, Mary. <laughs> she she comes up to like his nipples, and it's it's just very funny anytime they put her next to anyone in this episode. Oh, it is a choice, but I mean, granted, they get there to showcase those skills. As you're saying, there was sweet. A slow mo on the balance beam and doing mm-hmm. flips and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I really like the montage. It, it, it had some really good lyrics in it. Oh, oh, well, let's talk about that. In fact, yeah, I have a treat for you. I have the original montage here in our Baywatch chat uh, because the original version had a David Hasselhoff song over the montage. That explains why I couldn't find it anywhere by Googling the lyrics, because I watched the original airing of this uh, and was like, oh, this song isn't bad. And tried to Google the lyrics and could not find a single thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's David Hasselhoff's The Best Is Yet To Come, and it's sappy. It's so sappy. Oh, boy, is it so much sappier. Uh, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to listen to this and then we'll talk about it. OK, that's that's enough of that. Uh- oh, my God. The synths, though. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I know. So It's so good. I have a great story for you here. So this is from his 1993 album, You Are Everything. Wow. I am everything. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this album hit its peak on the Austrian music charts. And I don't speak a lot of languages other than English, by which I mean none. Uh, so it was hard for me to research this. Uh 
But what I can tell you is it left the charts at a position of 26 on January 5th, 1994. And the top three albums that week were number three, the soundtrack to the movie Philadelphia. Number two, Music Box by Mariah Carey. And number one, The Division Bell by Pink Floyd. Also fun facts. And I love this story. So Hasselhoff thought, this is going to be my breakthrough album in America. Mm -hmm. Because he had already, you know, sang on the Berlin Wall. He was already huge in Europe, right? Right. Berlin Wall performance. Literally one million people live were there to watch Hasselhoff sing at the Berlin Wall. So, like, didn't need to grow his audience there. So he decided... (laughs) That this album should be the one, the album that also has two song covers in German for some reason. Anyways, ah. to promote this album, Hasselhoff is going to have a big, and I mean big, pay-per-view concert from Atlantic City, New Jersey. And the hope was that this would be his night. Yeah. The night of the concert, however... O.J. Simpson was involved in a slow-speed chase oh in Southern California. My God. <laughs> and nobody tuned in. It was a $2 million loss. Wow. Hasselhoff is quoted as saying, 90 million people watch O.J. Simpson, and three people watched me, including me, my mom, and my dad. <laughs> Which is probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, probably. Uh, so, uh, but uh, this, you know, um, uh, the, the so the big the big song from there from this album. I do was, I do just real quick want to give a fun fact about the O.J. Simpson chase, which is that it happened uh, three days after I was born, and my oh grandfather, my, um, <laughs> my grandfather uh, apparently came into the room where my mother was recovering from having just given birth to me. And the very first thing he said to her was, have you seen this OJ Simpson chase? Um, Which I think just really says a lot about my family. (laughs) (laughs) So in, in a week we had Mm -hmm. OJ Simpson, your birth, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, your mom starting what would end up being a blood feud that I have with her and Forrest Gump coming out. Yes. Wow. Well, Forrest Gump was technically the next week because it was it was nine days later. Uh, um, Okay. Pretty Uh, close. Pretty close. Wild week. Um, Mm -hmm. So the lead single from this album was in German and it charted top 10 in Germany, Austria and New Zealand. But this song, the montage song, did not chart at all. As for the remaster that John Mm -hmm. and I watched, we get a song called The Best Is Still In You, uh, which... You might remember the song that Hasselhoff sings is the best is yet to come. It's very mm. similar. Um, yeah. this, this song is by Jason Barden. We have not had a song by him before. He is a one-time Grammy-nominated singer. Nominated wow, what for, is he doing on this? Well, he was nominated for Best Pop Contemporary Gospel so hmm. in 2003. So, sure. Also, his Instagram profile says that, yes, Beyonce has touched my butt. Um, so, I mean, proud, I mean, good for him. Proud of him. Uh, what I'm also proud for is John. John, because I think you're going to sing or read these lyrics here, I hope. Oh, yes. Well, how, how should we do this? Should I try to auto-tune this again? What should I do? 
Uh, hey, it's up to That's you, friend. Oh, there we it's go. It's your creative vision. Now this fate that you've been given cannot define you. It will not confine you. Because this life that you've been living looks like it's brand new, shining in you. When the clouds open over you, we'll all see a brighter day. It's your light that is breaking through. And together we're finding a way. The best is still in you. <laughs> yeah, and it just na 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 over and over again. Honestly, that was way better than the actors. Way better than what you would hear in yeah, that Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, no, I liked that. That was good. Uh, unlike The Best is Still in You. <laughs> this, this song does not need five total lines of na 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 na. Uh, See, what's funny is that even the Hasselhoff also has that. Like, yeah, that the it, lyrics are very closely inspired. You see, it's it's like poetry; it rhymes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you when you think about it, these two songs are really uh, Joseph Campbell's story circle. Uh, yeah, honestly, I feel like both of these are inspired by Yojimbo. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think this episode is the Seven Samurai of Baywatch episodes. I think uh, George Lucas's favorite character in Baywatch is Jar Jar Binks. Oh my god! <laughs> he has said Jar Jar is his favorite character, and I'm like, no, it can't. Be. Like, no, George, go home, go home. <laughs> I just really liked uh, Jar Jar's voice. I just really liked him. I, I just really like his uh, accentuated. Uh, potentially racist features uh, Mm -hmm. and the way that every single possible minority ever is offended by him. (laughs) Yes. Everyone thinks it's them, which means you did a great job at making the most racist character ever. Misa Gundam. God. God. I remember seeing that in theater and at a young age still thinking there's something off here. Yeah, no, I was yeah. not comfortable. I remember starting to collect, like, they had Pepsi cans. They had all this merchandising. It was the return of Star Wars. I was so excited. And I got to the theater, and I was like, what the shit is this? <laughs> what am I being served? Me so hungry. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's... Uh, wait, Morgan, have you seen episode one? Yes, I have seen every single Star Wars movie. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but okay. I have seen all of them. Just, um, I will say, though, if we're using this episode to reveal uh, fun and potentially upsetting to the listener facts about just me and my age. Oh, God. The first, the no. first Star Wars God. movie I ever saw was episode three, and I saw it in theaters. At what age? Uh, I don't know. What year did it come out? Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, did Hang you see on. it in like big screen? Oh yeah, yeah, like like theaters, theaters, two thousand five. Two thousand five. So I was eleven. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh. Morgan. Okay. I was uh, almost it's... through university. That's fine. Morgan, you're lucky. I enjoy you and love you. However, that is too young to exist. Yes, I my my partner is ten years older than I am, and so I. I have gotten very good at finding ways to make the people around me feel old. It's quite fun. I I met someone recently who's 22, and I thought, why are you trying to flex on me? 
Like, what's the point? You're not actually that age. You can't be. That doesn't make sense. It's an illegal age. It is an illegal age. I mean, look, if you don't actually remember watching watching 3,000 people die on live TV. Oh, my God. Then I don't trust you. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> we're all ruined by it. That's why the, we're we're so fucked up. Yeah, and that's why they have TikTok. Yeah, it's, thank you, nine eleven. <laughs> you gave us TikTok. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh we all God. hate existence, and they're dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hang on. I, I, I bring me back to Happy Zone. Where's the Special Olympics, kid? <laughs> let's Mary let's Lou do Redden doing flips. Yes. It's it's time to go back to Mary, who is doing some uh, gymnastics on a beam. Which, uh, given mm-hmm. the context that John gave us, that yeah, the Olympics are eighty four. This is ninety three. She's still doing all these flips, which means that like nine years later, she's still in like I guess competitive shape, which is yeah, pretty cool, pretty awesome. No, that's very impressive. Like I know, I think it was Michaela Maroney. Uh, like she got back into doing stuff afterwards, uh, so she mm-hmm. could like do like commercial spots, but she wasn't mm-hmm. actually doing gymnastics anymore. Uh, right. This looks like someone who's still doing gymnastics. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's it's genuinely very impressive, um, and it just sucks that she's such a meh person um, to be generous. Um, but yeah, uh, after that, uh, Sammy is, wants to be a gymnast, but she doesn't feel like she's good enough to be on the balance beam. But Stephanie is like, don't worry, you'll be able to do it, um, for reasons. <laughs> um, and then, uh, we get to see Darnell and Mitch in the Baywatch headquarters gym and they're, uh, oh, punch in a punching bag. Before that, mm-hmm. before that, Mitch has to talk to Darnell and really get to know him and ask him, oh, hey, that was cool. Do you do gymnastics? And he's like, no, nah, man, I run. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he says he's a runner because his dad said he should be fast at something and he is slow at everything else. Yeah. Which, <sighs> wow. Okay. Who wrote that line? Uh, mm-hmm. I know who did, but I hate them. Uh, yes. So Mitch then tells him, "I'm. Sh- I know your dad loves you very much." And Darnell says, "You know my dad." And Mitch goes, "Uh, mm-hmm. no, but I want to get to know you, buddy." And this is yeah. where we start to learn that Darnell doesn't know his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I I I find this episode very condescending, and yeah. I don't like it. Um. But yes, uh, then then we do some boxing and uh, Darnell just out loud says, I'm trying to make you proud, Mitch, because my dad was never proud of me. Um, and and that's just the level of writing that we're out at now is characters just say their motivation to camera. Oh, and, um, and their motivation is always to please David Hasselhoff. Absolutely. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. that's that's my motivation in life, if I'm being really and truly honest with Honestly, myself. If David Hasselhoff ever sent me a video saying he was proud of me, I would probably shit my pants. <laughs> when, and this is a good thing. Well, I, you know, I've so TMI, I, I've been up since 2 a.m. this morning. 
because wow. and, and you I've, shit your pants. <laughs> well, no, this is related. Don't worry. Um, I've been having. I've been trying to foster a better relationship with my toilet. Um, so okay. I decided from two a.m. to seven a.m. to only embrace the toilet. Uh, the oh no! Uh, and decide. You know what? Maybe instead of going to work, I should just continue to embrace my toilet. Uh, <laughs> so, honestly, Fun. I probably, if it wouldn't take much for me to shit my pants, <laughs> but if David Hasselhoff did send me a message, I would also shit my pants. You know what would make me well, shit all my right. pants? Is if David Hasselhoff gave me a friendship bracelet. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, that would make me shit my pants. But then, Which, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, none of us are Darnell then, because that's exactly what Mitch does. <laughs> Gives Darnell a friendship bracelet, and then Mary comes in and says, uh, Darnell might be disqualified because he pushed a kid or something. I forget yeah, he what. pushed a kid. Yes, um, but we should try and make sure that he does still compete, because his dad's going to show up. I managed to track him down and make him show up to this. Um, question. And then... Question. Mm-hmm. Um I don't remember if uh, I, I I I was never in like a uh, a school environment where people did friendship bracelets, so I don't know if this is just a thing that only an old person would write, you know, as a plot that someone would give someone else a friendship bracelet. Is this normal? Yeah, well, I mean, when people are friends with people, they 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 give them friendship bracelets. This My really wrists are bare. Well, oh. it's also a thing from the club <laughs> scene, because I used to have a lot of candy on my wrists, and we would exchange candy. You know, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, I I can't speak to it being normal, but I will say that I did that at theater camp when I was a kid, which uh, I'm not sure makes anything normal, but, you know. Mm, okay, so what you're saying is um, it could be a sign that I had no friends. That. Which- I, that, that is exactly what, what we're saying. Uh, <laughs> but no one else had friends either, because everyone had bare wrists. Hmm. That you knew of. I mean, I do have glasses, so I can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be many things. Yeah. Um, but yes, after this, we get a scene of Sammy and Stephanie running on the beach and then they come across some frisbeers and have to hold hands to walk around them. Um, and one of those frisbeers is Darnell, who just whips a frisbee into the ocean. Oh, he yeets it. It goes far in there. Oh, yeah, it is gone. That thing is not coming back. Um... But then he decides to go on a walk with Mitch, who tells Darnell that he probably can't compete unless he agrees to have some better ethics in sports. Um, And Darnell says, "Okay, I will. Um, There's like no stakes in this episode. No, No, there's not. Absolutely. I felt bad for the Frisbee. That was the thing that I thought would have to be saved. (laughs) Right. I I thought he was going to throw the Frisbee, try to run in and get it. And Mitch would have to save him. But no. Nope, he just yeah. needed it. He just threw that plastic in the ocean. Further polluting. <laughs> but then we get to see Stephanie helping Sammy on the balance beam. She's having a little trouble, so Stephanie tells her to take a break. And that's kind of the whole scene. 
Yeah. After that, um, Darnell's dad has shown up. So Mary introduces him to Mitch. And Darnell's like, I've been such a terrible father because I haven't been there for Darnell. And so Darnell probably doesn't want to see me. So I'm going to continue not being there for him. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave. He, and, um, and, and he has a whole new family that doesn't even know yeah. about Darnell. Which is a weird um, thing to put into a script that you will never address. Yes, it sure is. And and plays on some just real fun 90s stereotypes about black men. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I say 90s stereotypes, but unfortunately it's not like they've gone away. Yeah. Um, but uh, eventually but, Mitch is like, is- don't worry, I know Darnell and I'm sure he will be fine with it. What was... Okay, Put yourself in the mindset of someone writing a script for Baywatch. Rob, oh, no. I Do I have to? Now, well, Morgan, you've, you've been there before. Um, yeah, it's true. I know. Uh, I'm sure we've all been there before. Actually, I don't know. Um, why would you write this plot at all with the dad? Like, why is this necessary? You have to add that extra complication that allows... Okay, so here's the thing. So Mitch is coming in almost like a father figure. He has to showcase that he's an alpha, right? And how to be a proper alpha. Uh, mm-hmm. And if ultimately we're challenging Carl, Darnell's father, the to not be the proper... Yeah, you're not the proper <laughs> alpha. Because that's what he yeah. says to him. He Like, Mitch is lecturing the dude. He, even, he says to him... He just needs what all kids need to be loved, to be wanted. Like he's doing this whole performance thing. Yeah. Uh, and then shouts, just give your chance a son. No, give your son a chance to <laughs> give love your you. chance a son. <laughs> give your chance a son. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But like, what if we took all of that out and just brought back Dick? I mean, I'm here for Dick. If what Dick if, is present, I'm in. What if? Oh, yeah. New idea. What if Dick is like, Hey, I'm still hanging out around this beach and we're kind of old, but we kind of want to adopt a kid. Oh, this Darnell kid seems cute. Let's adopt him. I mean, that would be very on brand for a 90s episode of a TV show about kids with developmental disabilities is a white couple coming out of nowhere to adopt the black child because they feel bad for him. Exactly. (laughs) I am unfortunately stuck in thinking about 90s script mindsets. Um, yeah, it's a it's a difficult trap to get out of. It's a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have made a, for probably a better episode. And you could have just tied the two stories together. And because yeah. we all know adoptions are super easy and they take no time at all. You could have just said, hey, you, you're adopted. And he said, OK. And then he just lives with them. Done. That's how it works. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Easy. Easy peasy. It's like getting a mm-hmm. job back then. You just walk up and say, can I have the job? They're like, yeah, you're hired. Yeah. <laughs> you're in. Yep. You just go drop off resumes in person, right? That's how you get a job these days? Yep. It's all about, uh, you know, if you give someone a firm handshake, they go, mm-hmm. wow, that's a job handshake. And then, and then, you, oh, get, yeah. then you get it. I I think I mentioned this recently, um, but uh, John obviously hasn't heard this. Uh, I had to interview someone recently, and they told me the reasons why they wanted this job I was interviewing the, uh, them for was one better pay. Okay, great, great yeah, reason. Fair, um, valid. Better work life balance. Cool, great. 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 Uh, reason number three: they wanted free stuff. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, she said. I, I, I think because I, I work in an industry where if you were to visit some of these customers, you might get some free stuff. They said, "I want free stuff," and uh, I said, "Oh." 
okay, um, probably not. Um, what I more meant was, why would you ever say that in an interview? <laughs> hey, honesty is all all the rage nowadays. Yeah, I kind of I kind of respect it. Ah, I, I mean, on on a podcast, Michael says yes, uh, but work employee who my you know my company pays says no. Fire, <laughs> but but if I were to leave said job, I would probably say yes. But then I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, have it's like a person coming to interview for me and saying, "Oh, the reason why I want to be at Twitch is because I love playing video games." Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. What and if? Then, what? But what if they say the reason is that they want power to to like shut down popular streams? Oh shit! <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> there you go. Like, hey, you might one day have that responsibility, yeah, potentially, but you don't just come out and say that. Yeah, no, no, you don't. No, they, they came out. I just want to ban people. Nope, sorry. Um, no, nope. <laughs> like mad respect. However, yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. Not your job. We're hiring you to uh, work on the beach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like the beach that Baywatch exists on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And speaking of, there we go. It's- Time for Stephanie and Sammy to do a little race in and out of the waves a bunch of times until Stephanie lets Sammy win. So, and so this this scene is much more impactful. Yes. If Morgan and I had not watched this this season out of order. <laughs> um, by impactful, I mean not impactful. Um, <laughs> because there's one episode Morgan and I have not watched yet where we find out yes. that Stephanie has a sister. Uh, oh, and this whole scene right here talks about how so alone she was. And Wait, she had nobody. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. No, it doesn't. Well, it makes less. No, sense. not really. Actually, yeah, I have no idea. She and this sister becomes a main character on this show. Oh my god, yeah, because she says uh, verbatim, "You have to believe in yourself." I know your parents left you. I know how lonely that is. Same thing happened to me. Yeah, and her grandma yeah. took care of her. Her sister's Yasmin Bleeth. Oh. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you had somebody. Like, you had your yeah. sister. My best friend was myself. You didn't, it didn't have to be. You had a sister. <laughs> right. Like, you don't have to be. Was your sister just horrible? But they, like, they had to find the title of the episode in this moment, okay? That's why they were doing it. <laughs> okay? This That's title. why. Th- thoughts on this title? The Child Inside. Could they have made a worse title i mean yes yes absolutely definitely Um, absolutely (laughs) i just don't like this title i don't like this there's a child inside of us and that little child needs to be taken care of like you're not my psychologist you're a lifeguard yeah (laughs) (laughs) i want that on a (laughs) t-shirt also they say they literally say the little child needs to be taken care of. And the first thing I thought of was like, like an assassin? Like, they need to like, <laughs> oh, take shit. care of needs to be them? Like, care kill, of, that, yeah. kill that little child inside of you. We gotta get Which, that kid out of here. Awkward. I'm now realizing, given where we're at in 2022. Oh, my <laughs> God. I didn't no. mean for this to become this. No. Yeah. No one does. No one does. No. But that's Baywatch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so anyways, so the whole scene is Sammy 
doesn't have a parent. So Stephanie mm-hmm. is kind of like this, like, figure. So Mitch is the father figure to Darnell. Stephanie is the mother figure to Sammy. But yep. Mitch has a family, uh, yes. a, a happy one. And Stephanie claims she doesn't have one, even though she has a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all, all my, scene, my guess is mm-hmm. these episodes were also written and shot out of order, if I had to take a guess. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> um, the main line of there's a little child inside of us and that little child needs to be taken care of is the most that Baywatch has ever felt like the room to me. Yeah. <laughs> and like you could hear Tommy Wiseau saying that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and I want Tommy yeah. Wiseau on Baywatch. Like, God, yes. Oh, it would be so great. <laughs> I would mean, um, him in everything, but Baywatch. Yeah. Instead, what we get, however, is uh, Mitch kicking off the opening ceremonies for the Special Olympics. And Mary comes in and gives a whole speech about how the Special Olympics were created to spread love and build pride, which which felt pretty weird and condescending. For to Republicans, me, I'm be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch kicked it off, by the way, with shouting, is everybody happy? Yeah. 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 No. That was pretty wild. That is a weird way to kick off a speech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is everybody happy? Uh, <laughs> I got mean, complications and shit I'm dealing with at home, but yeah. Things are messy. I think the only person allowed to do that is Bobby McFerrin. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um... But after that, uh, we get to see a kid light the Olympic torch, which is cool. Almost burned himself with the yeah, torch. Yep. <laughs> scary, very scary. Very scary um, moment. And then we see Stephanie walking Sammy to the games and saying she'll be watching the whole time. And then we get to see another montage, which starts off with Mitch uh, with inaudible dialogue encouraging Darnell, which seemed weird. Uh, and then we just see the games for a while. So this song is the same in the original and the remaster. Uh, oh. Because it's a song made for this show called The Child Inside. I, I had to assume that it was when yeah. they started singing that. Uh, and it's by Jim J. I only figured this out because I looked up the singers and they're from the 80s. So I realized ah. this seems this seems accurate um i have the lyrics here um i would like to switch it up a little bit here um i would like just for a little bit if you could two could trade off line by line just for sure. some of this song yeah it's, sure it's a duet you know it's not oh, a yeah. duet because you're not oh, it, it's it's it's, it's like uh, endless love when they sing endless love yeah sure yeah why not whatever that means you wanna you wanna start or shall i um uh, you you kick us off. I want to hear what tone we bring to this. All right. <laughs> Never let them tell you you don't belong. You feel so strange and out of place. Heaven knows heroes are made, not born. When you're running the human race. If the odds are against you. Reach out for my hand. There's someone right beside you. To help you make a stand. All the child inside. Light the torch and never look behind. Hold your head up high. Keep the courage shining in your eyes. 
Your own best friend is always the child inside. Okay, that's that's enough. We we we, get, we get <laughs> that was beautiful. I was pumping my fist in the air. Thank wow, you. I was rocking out to this song. That was I think awesome. That's the- that's the first time we've ever done that. It was uh, it was quite fun. I'm ready to sell out an arena, and hopefully there's not a giant car chase that takes away my audience. <laughs> yeah, hopefully O.J. Simpson doesn't ruin it yet again. Um, yeah. This song is very, very hammy. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> exceptionally hammy. Uh, but luckily, you know, like, so the life, the, the games itself is like, I said you don't see people doing things at all. You do in this montage. Yeah. But without the context of what the Special Olympics are, it's very confusing. Because I mean, sure. I would argue that that's that there's a lot of things where if you just saw people doing them without the context of knowing what they are, they would be very well, confusing. Sure, no, but compared to thinking it's the Paralympics. <laughs> yes, definitely. Because if you think this is the Paralympics, you're just like, what? <laughs> Like, but we yeah. do have a vital moment, and this is where you see a character shift mm-hmm. in, in this okay. montage. So Darnell and Sammy are doing a relay race, right? They're up mm-hmm. against each other. Sammy falls in the mm-hmm. and Darnell can win. And we saw in an earlier scene Darnell just like push a kid straight over, like straight into the mm-hmm. stand and laugh and keep going. This is the shift. We see Darth Vader pick up Palpatine. And, and, and get rid of them. There's good in Darth Vader today. Mm-hmm. Um, I was Darnell confused picks by up this. Sammy. Uh, because isn't Sammy a gymnast? I mean, I feel like the categories are not strongly defined. No, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Darnell decides to remember that talk he had with Mitch and, uh, you know... Get get on his best behavior and do some do some ethical things for once wow. uh, by not just deciding to win and instead helping his fellow competitor. Um, and then the games they are over. Wow! And Mitch tells Darnell that even though he lost the race, he won because he did what was right. Mm. Mm. And then Darnell's dad shows up, and Darnell doesn't recognize him, but. His dad gives a whole speech about how, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm very proud of my son. Wink. Um, <laughs> and then walks away. But Mitch tells Darnell that it's his dad. So Darnell runs after him and they hug it out. And it's it's sweet, I guess. Eh. Um, Mitch breaks down, too. Mitch breaks yes. down in this moment. He's crying. He I think he realized he nugs to hu- he needs to hug his own child. Inside he right nugs to he. And he, 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 he nugs the heeg. <laughs> this is why you don't do coke before a show. <laughs> or, or arguably, in the case of Baywatch, why you need to do more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then it's time for the closing ceremonies where Mary is handing out prizes and Sammy wins first, pre- first place in the relay race. Um... And then Mitch comes up on stage and says he has a very special award, and it's an award for Darnell for being the most ethical in sports. <laughs> for um, not doping. <laughs> the D.A.R.E. program is active at this point, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Morgan, quick, quick, random question for you: mm-hmm. um, Was Dare at all active in your hometown? Because if so, where did they fuck up? Uh, <laughs> oh, Dare! Dare was very active, and many kids I knew had Dare shirts, uh, and we would wear them all the time because it was we thought very funny to uh, be getting really fucking high while wearing a Dare shirt. Okay, great. Um, okay. <laughs> um, the joys of uh, living in literally Woodstock. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, after this, we get to our final scene, which is Mary, Mitch and Stephanie saying goodbye to all the athletes. I- I'd like to and point out that Mitch mm-hmm. says goodbye to one kid and he goes, Ratmeister T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I missed that. Oh, yeah. No, shout out to a particular kid like that. And I was like, oh, wow. T. And then another kid wants to give him a hug and he laughs at him. Yeah, no, yeah. He him and it's very clearly, at least to me, like, this wasn't planned for the shot. I have to improv. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a choice. Um, but uh, Darnell and his dad are all better now because Darnell helped a kid. And that means that his dad's gonna be better now. I don't know. We ran out of time, so we gotta wrap the episode up, and it's gotta be a feel-good story. Uh, right? Like, like, what? what is the... Okay, like, I'm so confused by the Darnell and his dad thing, because it's just like... Okay, so he has a whole whole nother family. Mm-hmm. He's gonna pick Darnell up for the weekend. Yeah. From where? I mean, Group I assume... Home? Yeah. Okay, that makes... Yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, the reason it exists is because they have to show how hard it is to be one of these kids. But don't worry if if well-meaning, you know, abled people come and step in, then it's cool. Everything will be better and fine. Um, you know what? Very, like very fun one. Is that mm-hmm. as someone who is an able person and white, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what I really have to offer the world is a chance to improve themselves to my level. <laughs> oh my god and a Baywatch <laughs> podcast apparently there's also um, there's a moment so the, the, obviously the son, the son father they bond yeah this mm-hmm. is my father you got that right so here's a question for you both mm-hmm. so and this is I hope will carry through into future episodes oh boy Darnell makes for Mitch a friendship bracelet out of his shirt mm-hmm. Mitch ties it to his wrist Mm-hmm. Does he wear it in any future episodes? That's going to fall off the moment he swims. Yeah. So obviously, yes. I mean, he could tie it on pretty tight, I would think. It's cloth. It, it, I mean, unless his shorts are coming off, too, he could totally <laughs> keep it on. He should tie it around an old oak tree. I think that's probably be a better use. Mm. Oh. Perhaps around a gold boot. I was just, that's all I thought about. I'm like, hey, if you gave this guy a friendship bracelet, he better wear it for the rest of this whole season. I I think. Yeah, at least. I think Mitch is probably a very callous human being who is kind of a bit self-centered. And so he would forget it. uh, Yeah, I mean, that does fit with what we've seen from Mitch this season. So, yeah, Mitch is kind of like Mitch is a very nice guy when people are around and a dick Mm -hmm. otherwise. But yeah, that's uh, that's the episode. We do see one thing before we end is we. See, oh, yeah. We see some lifeguards waving and we see Summer and Matt. And I'm like, wait, they're main characters in this show. Why is this the <laughs> only time that they're here? 
uh, because they needed to 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 film five seconds. Of, mm-hmm. They could have just put them in the scenes instead of putting Dick and Dick's wife in. But yeah, you know, I guess that. Um, are we not going to bring up the fact that Mitch full on caveman's uh, Mary Lou at the end? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He basically knocks her out and tosses her over his shoulder, taking her back to my place. Like he does that whole move. I'm like, what is happening? This second yeah. time this episode, he's done that, too. Oh, my yeah. God. Wow. She's also considerably younger than him, I believe. Never Actually, stopped him before. Hang on. Well, yeah. Mary Lou and Hoff. Hang on. So Mary Lou is how old? Mary Lou Retton is 54 years old. And Hoff is like 70 something. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, wow. 69 years. And nice. Nice. He looks no day over 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, in this show, he looks 14. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a tall 14 year old with chicken legs. Uh, Good old chicken legs, Hasselhoff. Uh, speaking of which, wow, that was the episode. Before we get into our rating skill, I do want mm-hmm. to read the IMDb reviews, of which there are two. The first one is from Bombers Fly Up that gives it a 2 out of 10 and says, Sentimental much? Jeez, here and gone. <laughs> no continuity. Interesting, interesting thing to pick out as your problem with this episode is its lack of continuity. <laughs> Unlike every other episode. Um, right. Sandcrab722 gives it a 1 out of 10 and titles their review, The Pizza is Not Enough. Okay. <laughs> Aside from manhandling the miniature Olympic gymnast, Mitch is remarkably obedient. They eat pizza. Nobody what? has sex. There is a frisbee. No Pamela Anderson. Skip it. Huh. Uh, I kind of disagree a lot with remarkably obedient is a weird fucking term. This is this is Sandcrab seven two two who always says that's fair. weird fucked up shit. <laughs> Anyways, um, so our rating scale though is a scale of one to ten, where one is going through puberty a second time because you got recast, and a ten is your parents are divorced. But it's okay, because your dad is David Hasselhoff, and he's the coolest. John, how would you rate this episode? You know, this one restored a lot of faith for me. Wow. In, in the series. Um, wow. After that after that first episode that you had me painfully watch. You uh, love that episode. <laughs> I loved the craft of it. I didn't enjoy it, though. Um, wow. No, no, no. Really, this one had heart. This one struck me in my feels uh, as, as someone who no longer has their father, I realized I need to take care of the child inside. I'm in charge of that now. So I was going to say a six. You know what? I put this up there at a nine. Oh, wow. I'm at peace. This is a great episode. What would you you say the experience of a nine is? Uh, A nine is you just saw the lawyer come over and serve your mother with the paperwork for that divorce. But the lawyer <laughs> is also your guidance counselor at school and they helped you apply to college. Oh, <laughs> very nice. Uh, Michael, how about you? Um, wow. I, I'm just a little bit, 
honestly taken aback by John's nine here. Um, just the the pure love that they are giving Baywatch here uh, inspires so much love in my own soul because um, that's how love works. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm. Pay attention to that child inside right now. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm paying attention to it. Um, funny enough, when I was in uh, high school, a uh, private school, uh, high school, uh, they used this old 60s philosophy that would describe your, like, all of your immature moments as your inner child um, and the child inside. So huh. I'm having mixed feelings here, you know, mixed messages. Baywatch is, you know, like my second therapist, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, I learn how to manage my life from it. And I think it's telling me that I should manage this episode. <laughs> At a seven. Nice. nice. I'm going to give it a seven. Uh, just because, you know what? It wasn't racist much, you know. It wasn't overt. To, yeah, we, I mean, yeah. we had a very recent episode that was just incredibly racist. Uh, yup. And I gave it a one. Uh, actually, that was the last episode. Homecoming gave it a one. Yes. Uh, or he gave it, a, he tried to give it a two. He didn't realize that he could give it a zero and then gave it a 0. 0.5. Wow. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, uh, very racist episode. Uh, this one was less racist. And it was sweet, I guess, and wasn't horrible. And uh, I would say a seven is the experience of what I did last week, which was I went to go see Everything Everywhere mm. All at Once, which is one of the best movies I've ever seen in mm. my entire life. Yes, Insanely yeah, strongly agree. And then afterwards, I said, I need to watch another movie. So I watched Sonic 2. (laughs) It's a good movie. It's not as good as everything everywhere all at once. I only cried seven times during Sonic 2. Wow. I I cried no times. Uh, But that's because my tears were all used up uh, from crying over the previous movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'd say the, the markdown... From the experience of seeing a perfect 10 movie to then seeing Idris Elba as Knuckles in Sonic 2 is the experience of a seven. Mm. Morgan, Fair. Morgan, uh, what about you? Do you have a Sonic-related rating for this episode? I I unfortunately do not God have a Sonic-related rating. Because um, <laughs> I still have not seen the second Sonic movie. Ah. Uh my intention is to wait until it comes out on streaming so that I can uh, get either drunk or high while watching it, because it seems like the correct way I'll, to do I'll get that. drunk with you and watch it. Awesome. Hell yeah. I'll, as I'll, soon as it's out on streaming. Yeah, perfect. Um, I uh, deliberately went last here because I, I wanted I'm going to be a little bit of a bummer in my rating, which is that I did not really like this one. It felt really condescending and just like the shitty 90s attitude towards people with developmental disabilities. Um, and it especially sucks that like one of the only two people that with developmental disabilities that we focus on, the actor doesn't actually uh, is not actually part of that community Shit, at all, which kind of that. sucks. Um, and just overall, it was very just like, I don't know, it felt very inspiration porn to me. Um, and I, I did they not love it. That? 
I'll send you the VHS later. Holy Don't worry shit. about it. Um, oh, man. I'm looking at the wrong tags. No kidding. Um, this might be where you have to violate your rule of never talking about Ron Jeremy again. Um, That's a rule? Oh, I did I say just that. Edited, yeah, yeah. I just edited the episode where you uh, made that rule. Yeah. Um, wow. So this... I don't know, is a spoiler for an episode that you will have already heard many weeks ago. Um, but temporally is a spoiler, I guess. No. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give this one a three. Um, it's it's certainly not the most egregious we've seen on Baywatch by a long shot. Um, but I don't know. It it just didn't it didn't do a lot for me. I didn't love it. Um and I, I'm not that sad that we're done with. I don't have to watch that episode again. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say that a three. Um, hmm. I'm going to say that a three is the experience of uh, getting out of everything everywhere all at once and realizing that now I have to go do things that are not watch everything everywhere all at once. Um, and like, don't get me wrong. Some of those things are fun and good and cool. But like I, I did very seriously consider just buying another ticket and walking back into the movie. Um, basically, what I'm saying is 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 go watch it. It's really good. Um, I'm someone I um, have become a heavy letterboxed user recently because my partner's super into it uh, and have a rule that I don't rate anything five stars on a first watch. Um, but I broke that rule for everything everywhere all at once. So instead of watching Baywatch, go go watch that instead. It's good. Um, Did you see, do you know the YouTuber Eddie Burback? I do not. He did this video where he was like, I'm going to go see Morbius. And because I hate mm -hmm. myself, I'm going to see it five days oh in a row. Oh, my God. Ah, uh, yes. But I don't want to support Morbius. So I'm going to buy mm -hmm. five tickets to everything, everywhere, all at once, and then sneak nice. into Morbius. Uh, nice. But to do that, he got really anxious each time and mm -hmm. got in, was like, I don't know what to do, and went to go buy water, which cost five bucks. Uh, <laughs> so he, he started tracking his receipts for how much this cost. It cost him like 120 <laughs> bucks in the end. Wow. <laughs> Just to Listen. sneak into Morbius. Sometimes the summer of Morbius demands sacrifices, and what are you supposed to do? Not answer the call? Not learn about the bat radar that Dr. Michael Morbius has uh, developed for himself? Right. Um, not see the weird tower of illuminated bats in the middle of his office? I haven't actually seen the movie. I, I, I um, unfortunately know everything that you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> and I wish I knew lesbians about this. Um, I'm so excited for that movie to get on streaming so that I can uh, get drunk and watch I'll it. I'll also do that. Because it seems you. like wonderful nonsense. Uh, um, much like this podcast has been. Whoa, and, whoa, 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 whoa. Before mm -hmm. we get to Oh, yeah, let's talk about next episode. Yeah, we got to talk about our next episode. Um, because our next episode is called Second Time Around. And mm -hmm. uh, I already know that this episode features one, Hobie getting a keytar, and two, Hobie having a music video with Michelle Williams. Uh, so, what? <laughs> so, wow. Uh, he gets to sing. He gets to wear like a wife beater and he gets to like sing, and a bunch of girls, including Michelle Williams, fawn over him and chase him. Uh, so. Well, shit, I'm excited. Right? 
The Baywatch Wiki says Jesse Majors, the beautiful motorcycle rider that Matt Brody fell in love with in Point Doom, returns to Baywatch, working as an actress for an obsessed video director who wants more than a professional relationship with her. Wow, that sounds horrible. I have Mm -hmm. a description. Morgan, pick between the numbers one or two. Uh, Let's go with two. Checking Victor Griswold's film crew's permission shoot at sea, Matt is pleasantly surprised to find the star is his motorbiker day's runaway lover, Jesse Majors. Victor what asks, a weird sentence that <laughs> no, was. No, I was reading that word by word there. Um, yeah. Victor asks for Matt as shoot supervising lifeguard, but Jesse begs him to pose as her fiance to stop Victor's romantic moves. And take her in for a night, mm. even if that even if that can't but arouse. What is the sentence? Even if that can't but arouse jealous suspicion from Summer. Meanwhile, Mitch gives Hobie cash to buy super sale skateboards at a junk market. But those <laughs> being sold out. <laughs> okay, this is very funny. The knave returns with rock what? instruments. <laughs> the knave returns with rock instruments so father and son can indulge in stardom fantasies matt i'm so excited for this is better this is so much better so father and son can indulge in stardom fantasies matt meanwhile stars as victimus and savior in victor's extra script action what the fuck? What a wild review. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, guess I, we're looking forward to that next week. I'm also um, looking forward to the fact that everyone here is going to be able to listen to this episode and listen to our friend John. Well, I just mm-hmm. have to say that description you just read made my brain melt. My right. God. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hey, watch. You but, have to watch it. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, for coming back on. John. Oh, a always a pleasure you. sitting with y'all and talking about this this beautiful beautiful series and just this this gem of a moment. Really, you know, this episode really uh, got me to really think a lot about the child that's inside of me right now. Does <laughs> that child want a calzone? Oh my god, yes! Batman calzones for all. No. Now, John, I have a proposition yes. for you here, um, uh, and you can say no to this proposition, and that is, what is your thoughts on coming back for an episode that is maybe of a show that features maybe a little bit more Hulk Hogan in it, maybe a thunder in paradise, you know? You do realize I'm a Hulkster at heart. Brother. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> you are a Hulkamaniac. Well, then uh, get ready because uh, your Hulkamaniac ness will be put to the test in Thunder in Paradise. Ah, so excited. My body is ready. It's going to be such wonderful nonsense. Uh, John, tell everybody where can they oh, find you? I'm all over the mm-hmm. internet. So if you search John Brents, you'll find a lot of photos, probably of me dancing with Zach Wiener drunk at a San Diego Comic Con. Um, but. Uh, you can find me twitch.tv slash kawaii guy, K-A-W-A-I-I-G-U-Y, or on the Twitter or the Instagrams at my name, John, J-O-N-M, Brents, B-R-E-N-C-E. Awesome. 
And we will uh, make sure to put some of those links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And I guess all that's left to say in that case is thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I am at Morgan P. Thrap. I am at Snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. And always remember that David Hasselhoff's music career was ruined by O.J. Simpson. (laughs) Still innocent. Still innocent. Just so good. So good.